Right, welcome to another edition of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent. I'm Jason. As usual, we're here to bring you a wide gamut of hard rock and heavy metal. Why and, not? And I think this week we've got our first uh, first guy from a, a band of this type of metal. Yeah. Yeah. We've got uh, Ryan Neff from Miss May I, which is very cool to very cool to be able to talk to him because he he had a lot of good stuff to talk about. And they're a, a great band, and they're a younger band that's made a name for themselves. So, before we get into that, we wanted to play a song for you, and that song is from a band called Downbreak out of North Carolina. And let's just get right into this. The song is called Darkened Destiny. <laughs> Destiny by Downbreak. That's all one word. Downbreak. So look those guys up on Facebook and Reverb Nation. They've got music on there. Good stuff. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's a uh, great, uh, you know, just brutal, sick, you know, heavy shit. Um, you know, uh, 
Facebook, just downbreak. They'll pop right up. They're from Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, say uh, hey to uh, Judah, the bass player. Uh, he he, uh, way way many many moons ago, he uh, lived in our area, and I jammed with him a couple times. And you know, over the years, uh, you know, with the benefit of social media and whatnot, you know, I've always uh, you know, followed uh his bands and what he's doing and stuff. And uh, this is a great song, so we figured uh, we got to get this on the show. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I like that it's not. It doesn't really tie itself to any one particular subgenre of metal. I mean, the guitars kind of have that, you know, that standard kind of, you know, Zach Wild, Old Machine Head type of sound to it. But then the vocals, you know, have both a, a metal core vibe at times and also a death, death, yeah, death, death metal at vibe, times. Which so it's is kind great. of great. I, I got that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's I like that the vocals don't. Yeah, as well, don't really fall into any one category so that kind of makes it that makes it refreshing i guess to hear stuff like that that's right we're we're happy to bring it to you again uh facebook just search downbreak pops right up uh and give them uh give them a like and give them a listen definitely and if you have a band that is independent and we could play your music give us a shout on send us an email the thunder underground at gmail.com or email us on facebook or whatever and would be happy to play your song. Definitely, uh, send, send it our way. We we love to listen to it. All right. Before we get into this uh, this talk with Ryan, what were we we were pretty excited because this past week King Diamond was coming to Tulsa. Actually, for the first time in his career. Actually, I don't know if Merciful Fate ever played here, but I know King Diamond has never played here. Yeah. And uh, oh, we were stoked. Yeah, big time because it was. A guy that neither neither of us had ever had the chance to see. Yeah, it's one of those few guys left on our concert bucket list. Yeah, definitely. And it ended up being the first show that he's canceled. And as of you know the time that we're recording this, he's now canceled like three other shows. Oh, he has. I just read yeah. he canceled Houston and he canceled Dallas. Oh, as well. wow, wow, that's so, the worst. You know, it kind of anytime something gets canceled because someone's sick, you always always immediately get that feeling like I wonder if they just did that because they didn't sell enough tickets. Or something stupid, but the fact that they're canceling several shows in a row kind of proves that wrong. Yeah, know? yeah, definitely. Um, King ha- ha- came down with acute uh, laryngitis, and uh, it just, uh, I guess they did what they needed to do, and it's probably best. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to do anything uh, half cocked, and you don't want to do anything that'll uh, make it worse. So, well, yeah. you know, hey, we'll uh, hopefully we'll see him on down the line sometime soon. Well, yeah, and the thing is with that guy and a voice like that, you can't do it half-cocked. Yo, you can't. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like some of these guys that could go out and just, you know, tone it down a bit to, you know, make it through a show and still sound good. But if King Diamond toned it down a bit, there would be no point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no toning it down with King Diamond. And that's right. that's why everyone loves him and loves his vocal style. So, uh, you know, I understand it, definitely. But the cool thing is that... One of the, the shows before, leading up to the Tulsa show, they played Minneapolis and Chicago. Yeah. And those shows were both recorded. Really? Professionally, like with a ton of cameras, and they're supposed to release a Blu-ray coming nice. up early next year sometime. So that's definitely something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's one that's one to, uh, you know, pop in, crack open some beers, and, you know, sit on the couch and check that one out for sure. Well, and speaking of concerts... Um, Trivium just announced a, a short 
uh, winter tour that they're starting in January, and they're coming our way, so we're excited about that. Oh, for sure. We're and you know it's a short tour, and we're so glad they included a uh, Tulsa stop. Yeah, and the the great thing about this is for at least you and I is we've seen them several times, but it's always been opening for someone or at a festival. So this will be the first time we get to see a full headline set. Yeah. And it's in a small club, so I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, if they come to your area, you can check them out as well. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be right in your face. Yep. And well, we got. I guess we do. We want to talk about Scott Weiland before we get into this. Yeah, you know the uh, the news just broke today. Uh, you know, as everybody probably knows by now, Scott Weiland has passed away, forty eight years old. Uh, you know, pretty sad. Not really a shock, but still sad. Uh, the guy had quite a body of work in his career, uh, and you know, a ton of great songs. So it's uh, it's a tragic deal. You know, all that stuff. Obviously, with a guy like him, you first speculate that did he overdose or something. But yeah, I don't know. I kind of I figure it's probably one of those instances. Like, who am I thinking of that that happened to? Probably like, Peter well, like, Steele. Yeah, Peter Steele or yeah. the guy from Drowning Pool. You know, where they were, they were clean, but they just had cardiac arrest because of all the. Yeah. Stuff they did in the past, so that's probably what the just issue gives was. out, exactly. But we don't know for sure, right. you know. And anyone that knows me know I've, you know, made a habit over the years of running my mouth about talking crap about him. But, it, you know, that's just about what I saw from him as a person, and that was usually in interviews. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan, but going back to his music, you know, I loved all the, the STP stuff, especially the first two albums. And number four was great, and... The first Velvet Revolver album is good. I wasn't really a fan of the second one, but like you said, I mean, there's tons of music there that, and everyone knows the guy was one of the one of the premier frontmen of that whole era of music. Definitely, I, I thought um, he had an interesting. Uh, you know, he comes from the you know the beginnings was you know the grunge and the alternative, but he kind of went into this whole. You know, he had a persona of the big, you know, rock, classic rock frontman, like a Jagger or Robert Plant with the the stage moves and this presence. And so that was just a, a great combo and something that uh, you didn't see a lot, you know, new on the scene. So that was, uh, it definitely set him apart. Yeah, especially from that era of music when they came exactly, out. Exactly, They came out right after the grunge hit. And, mm-hmm. you know, none of those guys were up there acting like they were a rock star except for him, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. what was your, uh, like, give me a couple of your favorite, uh, STP songs or, uh, you know, albums or whatever. Well, easily the, my favorite one's core. Yeah. And probably, uh, Cracker Man, Dead and Bloated. Um, right on. And then I, you know, I really like Meat Plow off the second album, probably just cause that sounds like something from core, <laughs> but, and on a different note from that on number four, I loved Glide. Yeah. Even though it was a totally different sound. Mm-hmm. And the song down from that, once again, still that kind of heavy sound. Yeah. Wasn't I've Got You from... Yeah. That was a great song. Yeah. That was a real good song. Yeah, I liked... Uh, obviously, Core was amazing. We all, we all like, just... We soaked that album in. I really liked um, Big Bang Baby. I really liked that video. It was lo-fi and stuff. Uh, that was one of the memories I have. Uh, you know, I like down. So, uh, you know, there's definitely a, there's definitely a body of work there. And sex type thing. I got to forget that. That was always one of my favorites. Like, yeah. 
Because that was the first thing I had heard. I remember, I actually remember hearing that for the first time when I was in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I think visiting family and it came on the radio station there. And they hadn't even played it in Tulsa yet. I was kind of blown away because it, you know, that was that time where that kind of music was coming out. But it yeah. was still just something about it that set it apart from all the other grunge stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was just more of a, <clears throat> I don't really know how to explain it, but... Uh, and that yeah. kind of set the tone for that whole album, you know? Yeah, it, it was weird. Like, that video for Sex Type Thing was, like, real dark and, you know, the imagery, you know, uh, chains and whatnot and whatever. But it really, and you'd think that you get this one vibe, but they really weren't that vibe. They they were a lot more eclectic. And yeah. uh, so that that was kind of something, you know, something different for me. Well, yeah, by the time they went into that second and third and even fourth album, they just became just a huge rock band. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and that's, a, that's just all you could really describe it as. Yeah. You know, because they were kind of all over the place, which was good, and they were great songwriters and great musicians, all of them, you know. It's, a, like you said, it's a shitty thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a sad day for rock and roll. Yep, but on a brighter note, we sat down and talked with Ryan from Miss May I, and it, I think it was a great, great talk. You know, I mean, we, you know, we kind of started listening to this band, you know, more recently, over the last album or two, I guess, and I kind of, I talked about this on another episode, I kind of didn't really get into a lot of metalcore until later on, and it's kind of bands like Upon a Burning Body and Miss May I that kind of have changed my views on a lot of that and yeah. kind of got me into it, because it's more... You know, just kind of, it's kind of crossover, I guess, because it falls into that straight up heavy metal, you know, vibe with the metalcore, you know, vocals yeah. and everything. The metalcore leanings, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it, it's funny how, it's funny, you know, I I was into all that stuff and I, I kind of got into that stuff and you were like, eh, I don't know. And then later on, the, the how the tables have turned. Right. You really like that stuff a lot and I'm, I'm kind of not... You know, I love it, but it's just not the first thing I put in right. anymore. But it's like you said, uh, Upon a Burning Body, Miss May I, kind of brought us back around to this and, you know, made me uh, put on a couple of these albums. And uh, it's pretty good stuff, pretty surprised, and kind of kind of kicking myself for not getting into it sooner. But, you know, we did this interview uh, before their show at Kane's. Uh, he was a great guy, and uh, we got some good stories. Uh, so, you know, we hope you guys enjoy listening to it. Yeah, and they, one of the things we talked about was their, you know, how their sounds kind of evolved you yeah. know, into a more, like we just talked about, where it's not just defined by that metalcore genre. Exactly. And it's kind of one of those things where a lot of bands can say, you know, oh, we matured over this album or this last couple years or something, but this band... You literally see it happening because they they were all teenagers when their first album came out. Yeah, and and now they're in their mid late twenties, so it's kind of you actually saw the whole evolution, you know, right before your ears, basically. Exactly. But yeah, with all that being said, let's just get into this this interview with Ryan.
killer big clubs and lots of people. Uh, and then ever, and then occasionally they'll sprinkle in like a tiny club with the same amount of people. So <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it's been a pretty cool tour. We've been uh, it, we've got a, a lot of ground covered really fast because I think we only had four off days the whole tour about one about one a week uh, sometimes one every like two weeks so um, I think we got almost 40 shows in something like that yeah. well how's the I know you guys you know obviously it's a shorter set since it's an opening slot but yeah the... after the warp tour what's cool is it's, it's long because the warp tour set was <laughs> only yeah yeah we're like stuck. 20 minutes or something yeah or... I think we can only fit like 20 you can only safely put like 25 to 27 minutes of music in there because you got to make sure that you got like a little cushion in case something goes wrong and on this tour i think we get like 45 we actually had to add a song just two days ago because we kept finishing too early so we added another song uh, a couple days ago so it's been nice uh still not that headlining length that we haven't had in a long time but it's uh it's been better than than uh lately that's for sure okay well i noticed you guys putting a lot of Deathless in there, or just mixing? Yeah, it yeah. Um, the record went over so well um, that it, we've got four songs from Deathless in there, but uh, we got three singles out from that record, four uh, songs from that record in the set. And uh, what's cool is with the the longer set time, we still got time to put. I think we have a song from every record, actually. Okay. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, you know, I was kind of looking at stuff that I like, is uh, you guys have got, like, an album out, you know, every year, just every couple of years, man, 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 that's kind of like old school, how bands used to do it. Yeah, uh, I, we feel like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff around, there's a lot of bands, and the internet, we were, we were there at the beginning of, like, the social media thing, MySpace blew our band up, and since then, it's been this or that, whatever social media it is, but... There's a lot of ways for bands to, to show fans their stuff now, so you gotta keep, we just feel like you gotta keep it new, you gotta keep giving people stuff, because they get bored, man, they get, they get so much cool music, so much cool stuff all the time because of the internet now that we like to try and pump them out. Um, the last one was, how long ago was that? Uh, I guess it just came out, so I guess it's a little early for one yet. When they tried one on Warp Tour because it wasn't out yet. Uh, we Warp Tour, I think, was like three days before the end. The record dropped, so we had one single out, but we didn't have a record out. So we uh, only got to do one song there. But then we went to Mexico and we tried uh, two songs there, and they went over really well. And then we got real brave and we just threw four in on this one, and all four of them then going over really well. Only one of them's not a single at this point, though. I mean. We got music videos for the other three, so that's been cool. Uh, they go over really well, though. It's it's pretty cool. I think. Even the apologies are for the weak fans from way back on the first record are excited about them. So they've been going pretty good. I was I was Mexico. I've heard stuff that it's sometimes dangerous. We are. The, I don't know if you hear <laughs> that just bullshit you hear. You know? We're the ultimate babies about about travel. We're just so uh, just uh, we. We enjoy traveling, but we get psyched out and sketched out pretty easy. 
we're hotel guys. <laughs> we're like, we're going to the hotel at night kind of guys a lot of the time. Pretty boring. And uh, so we were a little more nervous because we, you know, we're going to hear the same things everybody else was. And damn, it was amazing. It was so good. We had such a great time. Uh, the shows were cool, which was obviously the whole reason for going down there. But it was one of those trips where just everything we did was cool. We, we flew to four different cities. Um, we ate so much damn food, it was ridiculous. Uh, that was the that was our thing was was food food and booze while we were there. So easy to get and so so good. So we're gonna we're gonna go again. I think that was probably the most fun overseas tour. Anytime we go somewhere the first time, it's it's super exciting. And that was somewhere we we'd only been there for one day. We flew in for a Asla Dine show in Mexico City one time, but we were I think we were only in the country for maybe twelve hours or something before we flew back out. <laughs> Well, you've done all this, you know, fairly quickly, like 2007, right, was the start? And 2009 was the first tour. The 2007 first was, was kind of when, when you started. the band started, yeah. So, I mean, that's, and you guys were in high school at that point, you've got a pretty quick yeah. rise to get a huge following compared to a lot of bands that have only been around eight years. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you, any suggestions for, like, kids that are trying yeah. to do the same thing? You know? We um, we feel like we have been a, a slow steady rise the whole time you know we we didn't really come out of nowhere we've been touring non-stop since 09 and, and like you guys said putting out a lot of records and really hitting the ground hard and we we feel like that following that old school approach like we did where we just keep giving people content and uh and just keep hitting the road and having a good time with the touring thing is what has helped us by just hammering out the shows over and over and over and hitting all these cities we've i mean damn we pulled in here and we haven't been here since 2011 but we've been to like three other venues in tulsa since then you know so so we've been to pretty much every club every uh in every city and the reason it's like that is because we just refuse to we knew that staying on the road and working really hard and eating shit for a really long time was eventually gonna hopefully going to pay off and fortunately for us it has that's we like to just do the one foot in front of the other mentality you know we uh try not to get ahead of ourselves um you know the we just like to (laughs) if we're not if we're not having a good time uh playing the songs live and we're not having a good time playing them in the record we're not going to play them so for us it's still just about writing songs that we like playing and going on tour and it sounds so cheesy to say that because that's such a recycled answer but that really is how it is for us we wouldn't be sitting in the studio uh every 16 to 18 months if we didn't like doing it yeah definitely (laughs) do you have i mean you guys have played like you mentioned warp tour you've done mayhem and Mm -hmm. american festivals european festivals do you have can you say what your most memorable gig is at this point i think the two for me that are probably the craziest um I th- or I'll, I'll do three. I think we the American one would be um, we did Rock on the Range in Columbus, which is where I live, um, and we actually just announced today we're doing that again uh, this That's year, right. and uh, that is huge. I mean, to be Ohio guys and graduate to that level and get to play a show like that was pretty huge. Um, I remember when we played just like the Newport there, 
and it was a big deal in the basement there where I would go to see shows like Black Dolly and stuff and then you know as we graduated got to bigger bigger shows and then finally up to Rock on the Range that was a really crazy one for America uh, we did not fest in Japan which was pretty which was pretty amazing um, because you know we're the little guys flying in playing at noon you know the, the new guys you know real young and uh, with all these legends and you know I met I met Randy Blythe that immigration getting off the plane just like filling out our documents and I met John Campbell from Lamb of God whose bass I was playing at uh, playing on our the previous record and I played his you know it was very like uh, surreal type of uh, show for us to be on a big gig like that uh, and uh, we also got to open up the main stage at Download Festival in Donington which was just crazy it's the biggest stage we actually didn't even have it, the stage was so big, and, and we were uh, so used to playing small clubs over there that we didn't even have equipment that had strong enough wireless capacity to use the whole stage. <laughs> yeah. We had to get assi- we had to get assistance from the from uh, all the guys at uh, the Sennheiser tent there that day to try and get the equipment <laughs> borrowed and hooked up so that we could actually use our our gear that was built. You know that we had purchase for small stages on this like gigantic rock star stage that we got in that catwalk which was I thought was hilarious I, I'm not brave enough to do a catwalk as a bass player but Levi was eating it up <laughs> well you know uh, you see uh, you see uh, videos of these big festivals but download seems like one where the front rows the furthest away it's yes. like, oh my god it's, it's like got one of those it's got one of those wild split barricades yeah. in the middle too and uh, they're weird. It's a completely different, different vibe when you play those kind of shows. But we we've had um, we're very comfortable on the big stages now. Um, we've played enough of them now. I, I think we got a lot of practice. We we totally treat our band like a little like a little sport. <laughs> like with, when we choose like the stages and stuff that we're playing, you know, we feel like we got plenty of practice at the big stages. So we we can perform well on those, but we cut our teeth on the small stages, and we still do the small stages um, everywhere we go here and there, so it, it is a totally different thing when you're looking out at the crowd like that, and it's probably a completely different thing when you're like the big dog on that show too, and you're the headliner, and you look out, and it's like 9 or 10 in the evening, and everyone's still there, and you're like, I did this, <laughs> my band did this. <laughs> what I've always thought you're one of those bands that can do work and to do mayhem and, and I don't know I, I see sometimes it seems like people give those bands shit but I just think that's the, the best of both worlds and it's a yeah. great thing we like both tours Warp Tour you'll hear us complaining our asses off at the end because it's hard work we're sweating we're pushing our own equipment you know we're working really hard to, but it's cool because it's like you're you are like tight on that tour with everybody because everybody's working their ass off. Um, it's summer camp, like everybody says. It really is. I'm 27 years old. I still felt like I was like a 15 year old at summer camp when we did it this last summer. And it's like that because, like I said, everybody's working their ass off. So everybody's got a nice appreciation for everybody going around. You're all relatively the same size, minus a couple bands that are just, you know, really whooping ass that year. Um, so it's really cool. Um, and it's difficult because it's random draw. So you don't know when you're playing each day, so that's kind of crazy. And then we did Mayhem, and we really enjoyed that. It was a little bit older crowd. 
and that was scary for us because we had only done Warped Tour stuff up to that point. But we just kind of figure we write songs that sound like both sides because we listen to so many bands from both worlds. You know, we're influenced by so many bands from both worlds, old, new, doesn't matter. And there are tons of bands and tons of our friends that are like that as well. And it, where I think it's really starting to. Bands are really starting to cross over. Bands are getting the chance to do. I mean, rock, rock on the range, and like rock film, rock Oklahoma. Those things are making it possible for for bands to play with their bands like us to play at the band Heroes. You know that you would never get to get to see. Yeah, they'll have some classic rock band. Yeah, I just, I just saw May at, uh, at the drive-in. Yeah. That's why the hell should Why the hell should Miss May I be able to say that we've done like five shows with Judas Priest, you know? <laughs> and it's like we can say that because those those festivals are so fucking cool, man. And that that's why there's so many people at them. Yeah. But they're they're just as cool to be performing as they are to be going. We were all we didn't play rock on the range last year, so we were all just there hanging out every day. I mean, we're exactly the same as everybody going because the damn the lineup is so damn cool that you're like, Slow well. Down. If I'm not playing a show, I am definitely going to be at that festival, that's for sure. (laughs) Exactly. Well, yeah, I could tell your sound's kind of evolved a little since the first album, so it's like, was that a conscious thing to get to that point where you could cross to both sides? I think it goes back to what you were saying about the band starting when everybody was so young. They wrote Apologies for the Week. I was in a death metal band at the time touring around while they did that record. I came back and it was done, and then we started touring on it. So they literally wrote a record. The other four guys wrote that record while in high school, driving back and forth from high school uh, with that same. And, and uh, you know, I was I was only a, uh, two years older than them, so I was already touring. So it was these high school kids, no influence from me on that one at all. And then I came back to that, and that was a really exciting record to play because it was the same music we were playing locally. Um, so I was only touring for a few months before I came came back and left with them. And that was a cool time because we were playing high school influenced music. What were you listening to in high school? What was I listening to in high school? That's why we sounded so spastic and crazy and quick on the first record. And then the second record, you know, it, it just changed because everybody was getting older, getting influenced by different bands. Third record same thing happened you know but we had a different producer so it it turned us a little bit then we went to terry date who did tons of old school records and we were kind of in this old school vibe where we wanted to do a like a raw um old school sounding recording and we did that with terry when we did rise of the lion and then we were like well that was cool but we should probably do a really sick modern take of what we were going for so then we wrote a really pissed off new one and we went back to joey so i mean they I don't think we do it on purpose. It's just we don't do things the same every year. We just kind of whatever is happening that year is happening, and everything is going to change the way that the record sounded. We even debated. We recorded the second record in a house with Joey. We even debated to get that magic from the second record if we could figure out if we could record the record in that house again, you know, just to see if we could get that magic back. But we were like, you know. There's no reason to do that. We're not trying to write that record again. We're trying to write a new record. So every time it's just a little bit different. Everybody's a little bit older. Everybody's closing in on their um, mid-20s to early 30s now. Or I guess everybody's mid-20s. But as we're getting to different things are more important. Different things are stressful. Uh, things that you didn't used to give a shit about. Like your wisdom teeth are coming in. You got bills to pay. <laughs> None of that was going on when we were like 18. It was like, damn, how are we going to get $5 to get McDonald's today? Like, I'd love to eat while we're out here. That'd be cool. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> well, you mentioned videos earlier, and you guys have quite a few videos. I was wondering, do you are you guys involved in the concept of them, or do you kind yeah. of leave that up to the director? Or? Yeah, we've got a really good relationship with with Rise, and they're really cool with giving us a lot of really cool people to work with. And the, they recommended Max to us at the beginning of this um, record cycle when we were looking for somebody to do uh, the new music videos with. They they said they had had really good luck with him with a couple other people and liked the videos and we sent him our ideas for the songs and he sent us back and we stuck out three videos with him in a row because we liked working with him so much so uh, it kind of it changes just like you were talking about the music with the records the music videos change with each record because you know we like to try and find new people um, you see a little bit of repeating um, imagery going on with some stuff because it'll be us working with the with the same director here and there which is fun and it kind of gives like each record cycle its own look like with the music video so this one was was all three of them were max moore and we did all of them in kentucky uh pretty close to home we did two of them back to back once and then the third one we did for uh turn back the time we did right before this tour actually it's funny you said back to back because i was watching or me and him watched him like a week ago yeah. same time in my house and I was like, the drummer is wearing the same shirt. Yeah, we did it two days. <laughs> we did it two days in a row, back to back, in different locations in the summer down there in Kentucky. And my God, it was hot. I bet, I Dude, bet. it was wild. It, they, they turned out great, though. They turned. They look. They look phenomenal. So yeah. we are. We aren't going to complain. But we were. We were putting the work in at those. That was for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you've got a. You've got a great voice for someone who's not primarily a front man. Yeah. Was that something that you, from a young age, like, were you a sing? Were you singing no, as I a actually, kid, or did you just learn it? As I got you went? to join this band, the all the way back in the local days when they were they were fifteen, six. I think I met them all like maybe a couple weeks before or after they got their licenses and stuff. They were that young. I was only eighteen then, maybe maybe nineteen, and I was in a local band from a different town, and my local band was. Um, at that time was really sponsored uh, uh, I'm trying to think the band that they were like a lot of at the gates kind of stuff and, and in flames and that's what the guys writing in the band I was in so it was it was pretty shreddy and I had a lot of I had a lot of skill I had to keep up with with a really talented guitar player there weren't a lot of bass players in our area like guys that just wanted to play bass and I told Miss May I was like I'm pretty decent I mean I would love to be in your band your band's sweet they had a uh, the vows for a master EP out and I thought it was really sweet and I was like I'd really love to be in your band and they wouldn't bite they were like we can't kick our dude out he, um, he's just our buddy and I was like come on damn it so I had this one demo from my very first local band where I sang literally three syllables and that was all I ever had but I did it with Joey Sturgis because my local band recorded with him like way back in 06 and that's what got me the slot was that I could sing, that this one time in history, in the history of my existence, I had sang three syllables on this like demo from a, another local band, and they were like, okay, cool. So I really didn't do much singing, and then I did some demos with Miss Maya, but the funny thing is a different guy did the singing on Apologies for the Week, and then um, I, st I did all the touring. He, he left after like the second, sh second or third show of the touring. So I hopped in, and all of a sudden, a guy who had only sang like three or four syllables on a couple of songs now had a ten-song record that had singing on every song but one track. And I really, I learned on the fly on tour. That's how I did it. I just messed up in front of people enough wow. time. Like, 
uh, messing up in front of people and knowing that that was not fun is how I learned. I just kept going at it, kept yeah. hitting the road. Yeah, trial by fire is the way I've I've done it, um, and uh, I credit all improvement in the last year to working with uh, Joey on this last record because we went back to Joey and he uh, I had improved drastically because when I did my first record with him I'd never sang on on record really and I had to do a whole record 10 songs very difficult for me to do um, that was monument got it done record turned out pretty well and this time when I came back I was a lot more skilled um, I knew I knew a lot more about how to go about being professional in the studio and, and you know hitting my takes and that sort of thing and with that knowledge he saw that I probably was gonna be able to do a little bit better so he just Every time he had an idea that he thought was like pretty good that I thought I probably couldn't do, he was like, nope, you have to do it. Can you think of another way that it would sound that cool? And he'd be like, no, I can't. He'd be like, Matt, there you go. There's your answer. You have to do it. So that he was a big driving force for Levi and myself. Uh, he was a big driving force on, the, on all the new stuff. Cool. Well, you got these uh, workshops that you do. I mean, I know you're not doing it now, are you? Yeah. Like, on the Warp Tour, you're doing the equipment workshop? Yeah, the, yeah, the, equipment, cool, the yeah. equipment one is fun for me. I've been working with um, Dark Glass. I, I've always been a bass guitar nerd, um, and uh, I've been a bass guitar nerd of the, of the genre that I'm most uh, educated on and, and familiar with and a fan of, and that's the, it's like the active rock world and the, and the heavy metal world, and the, the Dark Glass pedal that I'm using is used by so many awesome bass players, but there are, there are a lot of kids who don't know about it. So I just decided to do a. Uh, kids always ask you what your tone is, and um, I'm not quite advanced enough uh, in the new technology to switch to a Kemper on my own for for my bass rig. Uh, so I was like, I'll just show these kids how I set up my exact rigs. So I got a few of the pedals and just did a little workshop, showed them. Uh, did a demo of all the gear, and then at the end of the tour, did a raffle and gave the uh, gave the pedals away to uh, some people who bought tickets to the thing. Um, I would love to do them on this on this tour, but it's really difficult to find space in these clubs with all the with how many bands we got here and stuff. So um, I've been doing them online as well, which is pretty fun. Um, I love it. I took lessons for years and years and years. I just did a a thing in AP that came out this month that was all about that and I always loved lessons I thought they were really fun I thought they were a really really quick way to improve one on one and it's I think it's really fun to have someone that you enjoy playing with bouncing compliments off of you I think that makes you it, it can suck playing an instrument sometimes man when you're trying to pick up a skill and you just are not getting it and you're by yourself and you're not you know you're just practicing and you're getting frustrated if you have a if you got a cool teacher cool instructor that's with you that's like it's all good man you're gonna get this you're gonna you're gonna get this skill and like two weeks from now we're gonna be learning a skill harder than this and you're gonna be laughing at the fact that you couldn't play this particular thing that you're struggling with right now yeah i i think i think that's cool that uh you know guys like yourself are doing that i mean i know when i come up take guitar lessons you had some old crusty dude yeah and, and it's you know it would have been nice to have somebody that you know knew you know, what I wanted yeah. and what I liked instead of, you know, the generation before, the generation before the generation. 
So that's that's really cool. I think the, cool. the the social media stuff's making it cool too that you almost don't even have to. Um, it doesn't even have to be instrument related a lot of the time with the the cool chats you can do online and stuff. There's a lot of people who just want to know like just a little peek at the ins and outs of like maybe how a show is put together or how things work behind the scenes with equipment or like scheduling, you know, and there's all these cool ways that you can have these uh, open fan chats. Now, Levi does these awesome ones on this tour with fans where they're basically just big discussion pieces where these, where fans can just drill him with any question that they, that is related to their, their band that they're working with and he can give an honest answer from our experience. And it's cool. You, there, there wasn't even anything like that when I came up, and that was only like six oh, years yeah, ago. No, you know, no. you would never be able to do that. <laughs> and but with that, with that close contact uh, and constant contact with fans all the time, it it can create for some for some stressful moments here and there. But I think overall, the lesson thing for me has been has been a blast. I, I uh, it's it's a little difficult on tour because uh, we were talking <laughs> about you're sweating your ass off out there under that tent. Yeah. Uh, those TEI guys. Guys and gals uh, on warps were working their asses off, man. Rain, rain or shine, dry or mud, flooding didn't matter. They were out there every day getting that stuff sorted for us. Oh yeah. Do you actually do one-on-one lessons at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've got uh, I got a, about three or four guys that uh, I consistently work with uh, during the off time. It's pretty hard right now to do it on the road. It's so expensive to to stream that sort of thing but um it, it's pretty fun it's cool i like starting with uh somebody and they it's fun to teach them a song that um that i wrote uh the parts for and see what they thought the parts were and then teach them how i did it and then some and a lot of the time you're like oh, that was a good idea i should have done that that's pretty cool good job yeah it's it's really fun i I really enjoy going about that. I I think I'd like to do some of the vocal instruction stuff too, but I need um, I don't quite have the balls for that yet. So uh, another 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 day, another It'll time. Come. Yeah. <laughs> well, I noticed you're a big NASCAR Indy fan. Like, who are your favorite? Yeah. Drivers or? Uh, so, uh, in Sprint and uh, or next to what whatever the hell their owner, ownership is right now. Um, Sprint right now. Yeah. Uh, in Sprint Cup, I was, I'm a big Matt Kenseth fan. Um, I was stoked that he wrecked Joey Logano. I thought that was badass. Uh, we got a couple really cool pals that are that are in NASCAR right now. Uh, Blaney and um, Darrell Wallace are really nice dudes and hooked us up so we could go check out a race because they've been to a couple shows and that was really cool of them. Um, the races are a blast. I've, been, I've loved NASCAR a really... A, as long as I can remember, so it was pretty cool to go. We went to Michigan to a Sprint Cup race. We went to Kentucky to a Xfinity race, and uh, yeah, it's badass, man. I'm, it's an Ohio, I, I, it's a, a family thing for me. Everybody loved it. So, so to me, it's totally normal to just be a crazy NASCAR fan. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm down here in some NASCAR territory down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up never into it, but my girlfriend's kind of slowly pushed me into it. Yeah. She's a big fan of it. That's sick, yeah. man. I love it. It's a passionate group of <laughs> passionate yes. group of people. Yeah. They get riled up, that's for sure. <laughs> nah, I think we got it. We appreciate right. your time. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing yeah, this, guys. for sure. There you go, Ryan, the bass player and clean vocalist for Miss May I. 
there you go. Uh, once again, thanks to Ryan. He was a great guy. Uh, awesome to talk to. So, uh, you know, couldn't have, couldn't have asked for better. Yes. And thanks to him for, you know, taking the time to do that. Thanks to Austin, who handles their PR, for setting that up, up for us. And, uh, you know, thanks for the Kane's Barroom for giving us the space. Always thanks to Kane's Barroom. Yes. Thanks for just existing, Kane's Barroom. That's right. That's right. Right. Well, once again, check us out at thethunderunderground.com. All our previous podcasts are on there. You can also go straight to the source, which is soundcloud.com backslash thunder dash underground we've got speaking of metalcore we had a, a couple <sighs> bands that are local to us here in tulsa uh, called forever and disgust and yeah. another band that has some of the same members that's not really metalcore but um forever and disgust is and smoke offering you know so go check those out you know to get get yourself turned on to some new music yeah it's great stuff and that was a fun episode yeah and we've we've had some other you know great Guests like Kirk Winstein, uh, Richie Cavalier from Insight, Kyle uh, from Battlecross, and, you know, when you're talking about metal, and Kyle Shutt from The Sword. Yeah. And then we kind of, you know, we lean into the hard rock as well, so if you're into that, just get on there and dig through it. You know, we're 30, what, 32 episodes deep now, so there'll, I think be, so. there'll be all kinds of stuff for you to check out. Yeah, that's right. You know, we don't, uh, <clears throat> we came up, we came up when, you know, Hair bands were out when grunge was coming in, when, you know, thrash metal was popular. I mean, we love it all, and we're not ashamed of any of it, and we cover it all. So, you know, go back and look through some episodes and look through our pages. You'll find something you like, for sure. Definitely. So, with all that being said, I guess we're ready to wrap this up, or what? I think so, uh, you know. Yeah, I didn't say the rest listening. of the, Sorry, I didn't say the rest of the social medias. Well, you, you know, know, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. The Thunder Underground, all one word. You can't hit them out of the park every time, Trent. Yeah, I try. I'm sorry. Well, all right, man. That's it. See you next time. <laughs>